this is what you're fighting for. I mean, every day you're out there. What they're doing is blowing people off. If you continue to look the other way and shut up, then the oppressors, the authoritarians get total control and total power. Because this is just like in Arizona. This is just like in Georgia. It's another element that backs them into a quarter and shows their lies and misrepresentations. This is why this audience is going to have to get engaged. As we've told you, this is the fight. All this nonsense, all this spin, they can't handle the truth. War Room Battleground. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Okay, it's Friday, 12 August, year of our Lord, 2022. I think it's 88 days, 88 days to November 8th, the big day. So everybody's focused right now, particularly in these battleground states, these battleground district, districts of what we have to do to have a, a massive, a sweeping red tsunami landslide to crush the Democratic Party as a national political institution and to do it at every level all the way up. So we've got a packed show today uh, to go through that. I want to start with my co-host, Brian Kennedy. Uh, the Committee on the Present Danger, which you're the chairman of, has got a couple of big scalps today. We've got Kevin Freeman on a little later to talk about that. But I want your assess assessment. You're one, of the, you're one of the intellectual thought leaders of the America First and the MAGA movement. Uh, give me your assessment of the desecration and ransacking of Mar-a-Lago, given the search warrant and all the spin you've seen coming out of the Justice Department and the FBI, sir. Well, it affirms, Steve, that we're in a communist revolution right now. And this is how a regime that's illegitimate behaves. Legitimate regimes don't behave this way. And what Merrick Garland has done here is a very, very shameful thing. And all I hope is that there is someone within the Trump organization today going through the security footage of what transpired in Mar-a-Lago and, it, and can release the highlights of that to the American people. Because when the American people see them going through the president's things or Melania's you know, dresser, they're not going to be too pleased with how our government's behaving. And this should be a lesson to all Republicans that this is not about President Trump. This is about anybody who stands up against the administrative state, anybody who wants freedom, anybody who's willing to fight against the current corrupt system we have. Republicans need to wake up. And you hear these folks on, on you know, CNBC or even Fox News, and they're not morally serious about what's going on in this country. This is a line in the sand that the Biden administration has drawn against the American people. And something needs to happen in a serious way for this to be investigated. Uh, David uh, Brooks, who uh, from the New York Times, uh, I know, you know, and of course, George Will, the Washington Post, both intellectual leaders of the never Trump faction of the Republican Party, hardcore, both said today in pieces in those two respective journals that this essentially unless Merrick Garland came up with an amazing rationale for why this had to be done, that this was going to hand Trump massive momentum. And actually, David Brooks said you've handed him the presidency in 2024. What's your assessment when you get David Brooks and George Will saying that uh, this is a net massive positive for President Trump? Well, they know it's going to unite the American people behind him. Right. Because they they know this is not how a government's supposed to behave. And so Merrick Garland, th this regime started out with illegitimate, you know, surroundings, the fact that the election was stolen. And so you then you then take the overall administration and then you transfer that to all the various agencies like the Department of Justice and Merrick Garland's delegitimizing that people like George Will and David Brooks are so-called institutionalists, and they see that the institutions of government are being destroyed by this current regime. And so, yes, they're afraid. They see it's going to unite Republicans and they can see the political future laid out right before them with Republicans taking the House and Senate in November and President Trump getting back in office in 2024. It, it's, it's as clear as, as anything right now. And it reminds us, let me, be, let me be very clear on this point. I hear a lot of people very depressed and down about what happened at Mar-a-Lago. It shows how stupid and corrupt they are. They are not 10 feet tall, these people who are running you know, the Department of Justice. 
They don't know what they're doing. They are evil and corrupt, but there are also, let me say, good people in that organization who need to come forth now and describe exactly what's going on, become whistleblowers, and ferret out everything that is currently corrupt in the FBI and the Justice Department more broadly. This was a defining moment in the history of this country, what happened on Monday and what was released today. And everybody in the war room needs to capitalize on that. Uh, Brian, really glad you're here with me for the hour. Let's go. Can we play? I want to play the cold open for Anthony Sabatini, and then we'll bring Anthony in and also get Brian's assessment of this from CNN. In Florida. How's it going? Ultra MAGA Republican, Florida State Representative Anthony Sabatini is trying to take right-wing outrage one step further. If it was up to me, I would totally defund the FBI. I'm Anthony Sabatini. He's running for Congress in Florida's 7th District and has been making the rounds on far-right media after writing a tweet saying sever all ties with DOJ immediately and any FBI agent conducting law enforcement functions outside the purview of our state should be arrested upon sight. Common sense. Because? Well, because uh, what they're doing is unlawful. It's time to actually start protecting the rights of Floridians under the 10th Amendment and push back against a lawless federal government. Right now, today, in Florida, FBI agents are chasing down bank robbers, okay, organized yeah. criminals, <laughs> yeah. attacking cyber crime in this state, gotcha. helping local law enforcement. Yeah. You don't yeah, think so there's an any value in that? It's an illogical argument. The FBI, at this point, is totally useless. We need to defund it and you let have no red idea. states what the value of the FBI is. Yes, I do. <laughs> is a former president just above the law no matter what? The FBI is not above the law. If I'm saying they followed the law, which they did, mm -hmm. to enter into that home, should that just not be allowed? The president, the former president, is above the law. He's a political target. He's being harassed by a lawless, you think he's rogue above the law? agency. He's not, it's that's not a lawless they agency. They spied on him. They have no respect for you him. No they hate the conservatives. They hate re the Republicans. Wouldn't it be prudent to wait and see what the facts are before we, we have, have such a facts. draconian statement. We have enough facts. Anthony Sabatini totally bench presses Drew Griffin. We have the facts. We knew it was lawless in the first place. Now it's out there. They're totally lawless. They're the new American Gestapo. That's what they are. They're totally lawless. And what they did, and the field agents, quite frankly, you're going to be culpable too. You should have resigned in mass before doing that. It's absolutely outrageous what you did. Now, your leadership's the real problem. But people, good people, as Brian Kennedy said, good, you've got time to come forward. You've got time to come forward. There's going to come a point in time that, hey, you're going to be rounded up with, with, with all the super bad guys, right? And remember, Merrick Garland and uh, Chris Ray are either going to resign now or we're going to turf them out starting in January. Let's bring in Anthony Sabatini. I got to tell you, Sabatini. I've never been more proud. 99% of standard stock Republicans were just melted under Drew Griffith. You just, you just blew him right out of the water. And CNN tried to promote this. CNN reporter explains to political figure uh, the importance of the FBI. And I said, oh, my God, they're promoting this because this is a, this is a master class in how you handle a punk reporter that never has facts. I know Drew never has a fact, right? It's all CNN. By the way, John Malone, when it comes to blowing guys out, put Drew high on the list. Anthony Sabatini down in Florida and Florida seven running for Congress. Bravo Zulu, as we say in the Navy, sir. <laughs> well, I never turned down an interview with CNN because you never know what's going to happen. This is not the first time that uh, I've gotten into a, a, a fiasco with these guys. They came down to Longwood. They, you know, a lot of Republicans, Steve, as you know, when this happened, have said, Gee, golly, I hate what's going on. You know, we live in a banana republic. You know, I wish there was something we can do. Maybe we'll have a hearing about this in a year or two. It's ridiculous. Uh, what's happened, as you very well know and have articulated, this is an infringement, a breaking of precedent like we've never seen. It's the weaponization, the further weaponization of the uh, federal law, so-called law enforcement agencies against the American people. In this case, the chief political target of Joe Biden, President Trump. So, our response, I think, overall, most Republicans has been way too tepid. I think you start with defunding and really gutting uh, this agency and many others. And then you have the hearings afterwards. Start with 
limiting their purview, cutting them back, and then, and the, and then afterwards you had the hearings. And of course, I'm speaking in two ways. Amen. One is Amen. You, you start with you start with zero it out in the appropriations, and then you'll hear some stuff. By the way, you gave that interview before the release of the search warrant today. Is there anything in that search warrant? We just literally trashed it the last hour. But I want to ask you, Anthony. Uh, is there anything a, in that search warrant that caused you to rethink what you said last night? Not at all. Not at all. And uh, and, I, and I think, he, like you pointed out in the monologue coming into this, even folks on the other side of the political aisle are saying <laughs> there's nothing. There's quite literally nothing that could have been uh, spoken about or sought after, uh, sought after in, in a search warrant or affidavit that would have justified what they did. I mean, this was purely an attempt to normalize the idea of raiding a chief political opponent's home. And uh, unfortunately, in some ways it's working. Some people are saying, well, you know, we got to let this system play out. We've seen that from some of the establishment Republicans, and that's just wrong. We need to be furious and we need demand. We need an actionable plan and we need to pledge to do that plan. And what you just said, Steve, bringing them to zero is, I think, honestly, the, the, the single uh best step we could be doing. And of course, at the state level, as a state elected official, we need to sever all ties with the DOJ. All of our law enforcement entities in the state of Florida have relationships with them, financial agreements, uh, uh, task forces they work with. Those need to end right now. Every Republican state in the United States needs to cease all contact and relationships with these lawless agencies starting now, just like the left did to us with sanctuary cities and counties and states. They just broke contact with ICE and started pushing back. We need to do the same exact thing at the state level. Anthony, tell us about the race, the primary coming up. I think it's the 23rd is primary day in uh, Florida. Talk to us about your race and talk to you about uh, talk to the Warren Posse about the uh, any assistance that you might need. Sure. Well, you know, this is a seat that because of the good work of the Warren Posse and others, DeSantis pushed through a really good map that created a pretty safe Republican seat. So it all comes down to the primary here in District 7, Daytona Beach, Orlando area. And uh, the, cho- the choices couldn't be more stark. Uh, only one candidate in the race is getting $800,000 of swamp money dumped on them this week in an ex- a very similar format to we that we saw with uh, Joe Kent in the West Coast, the exact same players, same actors are coming out for me now in this primary. So it's it's America first versus the go along to get along old Bush era wing of the Republican establishment. And uh, my website is SabatiniForCongress.com. I'm on every social media platform at Anthony Sabatini and any assistance, any help they can give, you know, whether it be phone banking or donations, whatever it be, uh, jump on the website, reach out to us. We need your help. We got uh, 11 days until the election, and we're going to need all hands on deck. Anthony, is any events or th- things that people should get in their calendars for the weekend, anything next week? I know they can go to your site, but any heads up of where uh, you can be found? There's some smaller events, but the really big event next week is going to be a rally on the Sunday going into Election Day with uh, one of my favorite congressmen who's endorsed me, Representative Thomas Massey a true Liberty warrior. He's flying in. So we got a big rally noon Sunday in Seminole County, just north of Orlando. And anybody is free to come out to that. I'm endorsed by Turning Point USA. They're helping sponsor it. So they have a sign up. Check out my social media. You'll find it easily. Charlie Kirk and Jack Passone with the great guys over Turning Point. Can One more time, uh, your website so people can go and find out more about this. It's sabatini4congress.com. Four is spelled out F-O-R. SabatiniForCongress.com, and I'm on every social media platform at Anthony Sabatini. Anthony, thank you very much for coming on to your Real Warrior. Thanks, Steve. It's always an honor. Thanks. Uh, Kennedy, Brian, let me bring you in before I go to Dave Clements. I, I got You're an expert in this. Give me your assessment of CNN trying to bench press um, Anthony Sabatini. It was kind of an epic fail. Do you agree? Yeah, it, it was ridiculous in, on so many levels. But Sabatini, one, is a great American and, and handled him easily. But two, he was he was really operating, Sabatini was, at the level of common sense. Do we actually need an FBI if they're going to be politicized this way? Most Americans are going to say no. We have local law enforcement. Most Americans are going to trust their local police department, their local sheriff, more than they are the FBI to protect them. And in fact, day in, day out, 
It's your local police department and your local sheriff that is protecting you. Each of those organizations has their own intelligence divisions. They're looking to see who the terrorists are. No local police department wants a terrorist operating in their community. And so when, when, when you actually think about it, do we need an FBI? And especially an FBI that's going to behave this way. And most Americans, I believe, are going to say no. Do, 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 do you agree that we choke them down with the appropriations process first as we investigate? But it takes because you can just stop it full dead on in the appropriations process. Do you, you agree with that? Lead with appropriations as you continue to investigate. And I think Absolutely. then purify and rebuild, rebuild this institution if it's to be rebuilt at all. Absolutely. Uh, I'd zero out the budget, as you suggested. And uh, if you wanted to give more capability to local governments to to, you know, like the city of Los Angeles, where I live, Los Angeles has an intelligence unit, What in, as does New York, but as do many, any even medium-sized cities have intelligence units that monitor for, for um, terrorism and what have you. And it's the local police that are stopping bank robberies, not the FBI. And so the CNN, you know, reporter was just ridiculous about that. But we have 20 years of experience fighting the war on terror. And invariably, it was not the FBI that, that protected us. They did some, but it was really local law enforcement that did much of the work, had most well, of the leads, which is why, I mean, look at Rudy Giuliani honest, in did, New York. They, they, they did a terrible, yeah, there, it was, it was the, the police units, the intelligence units in New York City. Before 9-11, they did a terrible job. That's why the investigation on 9-11 right. stole so half-hearted. The CIA and the, and the FBI were a disaster and a joke. Hang for one second. Let me bring David Clements in. Dave, uh, before I ask you, because I know you've got reporting coming, you've got information about New Mexico. I want to get out there, but you're a you're a highly regarded prosecutor. Uh, everything you've seen today of of this uh, search warrant, give us your assessment as a prosecutor, sir. Well, I don't know where to begin. Um, usually, you're served with a warrant, and you actually have possession of it, and especially when you're talking about a high profile target like President Trump. Um, and the fact that we don't really have the particulars, it's coming out slowly. I, I saw a report that people are looking for nuclear information. And um, so it's, it's very confusing. It's not something that uh, I've ever seen. And I've authorized a lot of warrants over the past decade. But you're saying you've never seen something like this. Would, would you, given that it was a president of the United States, the care that would have gone into that warrant, the affidavit that would have gone to the magistrate would have been double check, triple check, belt and suspenders would have to be that it's so incredibly urgent. Did you see any of that handling with care in the search warrant that has at last been public? No, it's a political witch hunt. And there's no doubt that the buck stops with Merrick Garland. Uh, there's no way that you could have anyone signing off on that without the DOJ behind them. And I, I would suggest the resident as well. Um, so it's, it's alarming. It's not clear what they were looking for. And one of the things that really I find bizarre is that your outgoing presidents have tremendous classification authority. Every single sitting president takes classified documents with them. Um, but to, to suggest that there's something now that they're looking for uh, in August of 2022 uh, is just a startling revelation. If there was some problem with the transition of power from Trump to Biden, you would have thought they would have hashed this out in the early months of the administration, but right around midterms, it just doesn't look right. Talk to us about New Mexico. What are we finding out there? You, you, you and Seth Keschel have been hammering away at this. We're in 88 days away from the most important midterm election since 1862. Uh, where do we stand and what have you found out in New Mexico that should alarm us? Well, we had a bombshell report that came out last night. Uh, our nation state vulnerability expert, Jeffrey Lenberg, has spent 31 years in the national labs looking at nuclear threats. Well, he's the guy that had access to the machines in Michigan. He's been to look at the machines in New Mexico and Arizona, and we're finding all kinds of startling, startling issues. The thing that he reported most recently was that they decoded and decrypted 95% of the election files out of Michigan, and they found programming that treated three candidates different in the uh, Michigan Supreme Court race, showing 
that the flip from uh, Republican control to Democrat control was artificial. And the reason why this is such a huge bombshell is you know that the corrupt AG, Dana Nessel, has petitioned for a special prosecutor to go after Matt DiPerno and his experts. Well, one of those experts happens to be Jeff Lambert, whom we also use in New Mexico. And, and the reason why this is such a, a big deal is that that case is an open litigation and it's on appeal to where? The Supreme Court. So you've got a, a, a corrupt system that's so corrupt that the very, very uh, issue of the machines is going before a court that was likely uh, flipped due to the machines themselves. So that's the major lead. Um, and then, you know, the, the secondary issue is that we have an attorney general that is going out of their way to politically persecute a political rival in Matt DiPerno. So um, we're seeing vestiges of that in New Mexico. We know that the attorney general in our state has been in contact with the attorney general and we are we're being threatened at every step. So how can we're going to have you on next week going this in, in more detail? Here's the question folks have. I know Mike Lindell's got in an Arizona court with the machines with 88 days to go. What legally do we have to do to make sure we thwart or what do we have to do as far as election judges, election officials to make sure they can't steal it? Like in Michigan, where you've got Karamo, you have DiPerno, you have Tudor Dixon. I mean, it's all on the line in, in Michigan. What, what do we need to do? from your perspective, to make sure we don't get, this doesn't get stolen on November 8th? Well, there's two approaches. You got to deal with a rigged system. So this is like triage. We tell people to wait to vote until election day. I think that's why you saw a great deal of success with Kerry Lake. The system is designed to cheat, to cheat good candidates out of legitimate victories. So hold on to those ballots. Don't participate in mail-in elections and wait until election day to vote. That's one thing. Um, but as far as a strategy on what to do until we get there is we're telling people to get in front of their county commissioners and have a discussion under a, a, a framework of no confidence. Most county commissions are told that they have to certify the post-election results. And when you say that you're going to certify something, you're saying it's trustworthy. Well, right now, according to the Rasmussen poll, 59 percent of the country believes that, you know, our, our elections are a complete sham. So based on that, uh, you can't go ahead and certify things. You need to leverage this to get more answers, more information about Dominion, about ES&S, to make sure that these machines don't do nefarious things. Because every day we're finding out more information that they in fact do. So we are, we are basically showing up to these commission meetings to get rid of them. You don't have to have a full audit or canvas everywhere. Um, because if you don't trust them, at the end of the day, you're the constituent. The government's supposed to work for you. And so we're seeing results. So in Otero, we've retained our vote to get rid of machines, uh, to get rid of drop boxes, to get to hand paper tabulation. Jim Marchant's doing a similar thing in Nevada. Uh, Nye County, Esmeralda County, they voted to get rid of the machines. And, and I think that's the future is that you save the country by fixing your county in your own backyard. It's not a sexy resolution. It's grunt work, but it engages the citizenry. It, it really complements the precinct strategy. And it allows people to keep control of, of the government as we, the people. Dave, how can uh, how can people get to you on social media and how can they get to your website? They can follow me on Truth at Professor David Clements, Telegram, The Professor's Record, and my website is theprofessorsrecord.com. Uh, Professor Clements uh, from New Mexico, thank you very much for being on here. Appreciate it. Thanks, Steve. This is why we need everybody to go to precinctstrategy.com right now. It's totally free. It gets you into the system. Uh, Brian Kennedy, that kind of populist, take it over county by county. And with 88 days ago, getting a group, going before the county commissioners, putting them on notice. We're just not going to let these machines steal it. it. How practical is that, Brian? Well, it may, it may not be that practical, but it's absolutely necessary we're living through a crisis of legitimacy for American government. And unless we have elections that people can rely on, then we're not going to have a, a, a free country anymore. We're not going to have a republic. President Trump has send, said that time and again. And so even though doing what uh, Professor Clemens was suggesting seems difficult, it will actually be beneficial to both political parties into all candidates, into the well-being of this country. If we can't understand a common good, 
that can be derived by a free and fair election, then the country is lost. I believe most Americans would follow this recommendation to go to paper ballots so that Americans, and, and to count them the day of the way they do in countries all around the world. And if Republican win, Republican win, that's one thing. If Democrat wins, that's another. But everyone will know that it's fair. And when it's fair, then you can have a legitimate government. When you question even, even you know, judges' races, then you don't have a free society anymore. And that's, that's really the crisis we're in right now, made much worse by Merrick Garland and how he's treated the FBI and used the FBI to persecute President Trump. A crisis of legitimacy. This is what we've said from the beginning. The Biden regime is totally illegitimate. Don't care if the mainstream media like that or not. That's the facts. One thing you should understand when we take power in, in January, part of this new January 6th commission to really get to the bottom of the murder of Ashley Babbitt, to get to the 14,000 hours, to get the involvement of, wait for it, yes, the FBI and all of this. Part of it is also to go back and adjudicate Brian Kennedy, go back to 3 November of 2020 and to get into the formal record everything of every issue they did to steal that election. So this is a true crisis of legitimacy. Okay, we're going to take a short commercial break. I've got Brian Kennedy, Ryan Shotgun, Kevin Freeman, Dr. Naomi Wolf, Steve Kirsch, Joe Allen, all next segment in the War Room. War Room Posse, you already know free speech is under constant attack by the swamp and their big tech allies. 
They resell your communications and personal data while lecturing and laughing at you. I've got the solution. Unplugged Systems, a secure communications company, has an app suite you can install on any Android phone, including its own uncancelable app store, VPN, antivirus, and highly encrypted messenger, better than Wicker, Signal, Telegram, or anything else. None of your message or VPN traffic is stored, analyzed, or sold. Claim your security for only $10 a month. Go to their website, unplugged.com. That's unplugged.com slash warroom to install the Unplugged Suite. It's secure. It's private. It's the way we stay connected and informed. Get it now. Take action, action, action. Use your agency. Folks, let me tell you about Salty. It's a company that makes a soft gel supplement rich in antioxidants to help people like you and me keep a healthy heart. While COVID gets all the headlines, it's important to realize that heart disease kills nearly 700,000 Americans every year. Yes, heart disease is the number one killer every year, year in and year out. Heart disease builds over time. Hypertension, high blood pressure, bad cholesterol, diabetes, all of it affects our heart. A healthy heart is key to being energetic as we get older. It is never too early to take care of your heart. You see, heart disease sneaks up on us. You can start in your 30s, and when this happens, you're at serious risk by the time you turn 60. If you want to take care of your heart and those you care about, please go to warroomhealth.com. That's warroomhealth.com. All one word, warroomhealth.com. Use the code warroom at checkout to save 67% of your first shipment. That's code WARROOM at checkout to save 67%. Do it again. WARROOM HEALTH, all one word, WARROOMHEALTH.COM. Go there today. You need, if you're going to be part of the posse, you need a strong heart. You need a lion's heart. How we're going to do that is with Salty. Go there. Do it today. Check it out. They put Peter Navarro in leg irons for simply doing his constitutional duty. Now they want to put Peter in prison for standing up for Donald Trump. Please go to Amazon right now and order Taking Back Trump's America to help fund Peter's legal defense. Taking Back Trump's America provides a critical MAGA blueprint to put Trump back in the White House in 2024. Buy Taking Back Trump's America on Amazon today. If they can put Peter Navarro in prison, they can come for all of us. War Room Battleground with Stephen K. Bannon. Okay, welcome back. Uh, Brian Kennedy, a committee on the present danger of China with a little assist from Kyle Bass. You guys got some big scalps today. Sinopec and others announced that they were um, going to be delisted from the New York Stock Exchange. I'm bringing Kevin Freeman in a second, but tell me, how big a victory is that for the committee on present danger, particularly the economic warfare branch of Robert Robinson and all the great folks we have working over there? Yeah, and Kevin Freeman as well, who will be with us in just a minute. But it, it, it's a huge win and a good start to what needs to happen. There is no reason why American investors should be investing in communist China. When you're buying an equity in a Chinese corporation, you're betting on the success of the Chinese Communist Party. And today in, the, in this delisting, de which we'll hear more about from Kevin, you saw an end to that from three companies there need to be a lot more. There are thousands of companies here in the United States. And all, all I would say is most Americans need to know now that you shouldn't be investing in the success of our mortal enemy, communist China. No, no, no. Ex ex existential threat to have pension funds, our capital markets open to them. We could shut down the Chinese Communist Party in 90 days and cut them off from capital. You know who told me that? Kevin Friedman, uh, who does the Economic War Room. He's got a great new book uh, called According to Plan. Kevin how big a deal is this that we're delisting? And these are not small companies, massive insurance company, of course, really the national oil company of China. How big a deal is this, sir? Well, it's a huge deal. When I worked at Templeton, we were a global money manager, and I, I didn't cover China, but I took one research chip trip to China with Mark Mobius. These are the big, big, big names, uh, Sinopec, uh, China Life, Chalco, Petrochia, Sinopec, Shanghai. These are huge names. It's a big deal, but it might also be a big problem. I mean, it's a win for us that we we're forcing them to accommodate our uh, accounting standards and these companies will not. So they're voluntarily delisting from the New York Stock Exchange. 
At the same time, the Chinese, with similar companies, raising a lot of money in Europe and Switzerland through G global depository receipts, GDRs. And my question is, you, you made the point, Steve, you, you know, why, why should we be investing in them? If we're at war with China, and it is a people's war, if we go to a hot war with China, any money you have invested in Chinese companies will be immediately worthless. And, and you can look for an example with that with Russia. And when they invaded Ukraine, all the big broker dealers said, hey, you can't buy or sell these Russian stocks and you're stuck with them. You don't get anything out of it. This could be a big deal for us that we're getting them out, but it also could be the Chinese are manipulating or doing something to prepare for war, to realter the capital structure. I'm not sure exactly what their motivation is, but we should take it as a win. They are delisting because we demanded that they either tell the truth about their accounting or delist, and they're delisting. Kevin, in CPAC, a, a number of people, because kind of surprised me, came from Hawaii, and there was one woman who is a financial advisor, and she said she went to her firm to take your course and said, we're not going to pay for it. She said she took it on her own. And it was one of the most enlightening things she's ever done in her career as a financial advisor. And she says her clients absolutely love it. So talk about your certification process. Yeah, we have the National Security Investment Consultant Institute, uh, NSIC.org. And we, every day, Steve, we get calls from investors say, I need an advisor who will get me out of China and help me to invest patriotically to help America. And I'm not talking small investors. I mean, today we got one with a million dollars they want to move and one with $2 million. We've gotten $20 million before. So advisors who come to our program at NSIC.org and sign up at Liberty University are going to get really uh, an opportunity to sell to the American people who are sick of China and they're sick of the nonsense that's going on there. In addition to that, though, the advisors love the course. Uh, I, we just got feedback from Liberty University today. It, it's hosted there. They have the big online uh, education platform. The feedback today was this was the most successful certification course they've ever run. It's the best feedback. They made good money on it. They're totally happy with it. They said, when can we do more of this? Well, I'll tell you, October 4th, we're going to start more of this. The next class lines up for that. There's an, a, a lot of Americans with a lot of money looking for an NSIC trained advisor. So all advisors, CPAs, stockbrokers, financial planners, if you're in the financial advice business, you ought to be signing up at NSIC.org to take our course right now because American people want it. It'll be very lucrative for you, but you can also do something good for your country. Tell uh, quickly, tell people about the Economic War Room, your show you've got, and also the new book you've got coming out, and where can people go to get these? Okay, economicwarroom.com is where you can go to watch the show. It's on Blaze TV, Liftable Media, XOTV, Rumble, YouTube, and so forth. So economicwarroom.com, sign up for our weekly battle plans. We put a show out each week. It's a half-hour intense study of what the economics are what the national security impacts are and how you can protect your money and use your money to protect America. And the new book I've got is called According to Plan. And what it does, Steve, you'll love it. It outlines what the CCP and all the pigs around the world, George Orwell, animal farm pigs, trying to take over in combination with the pigs in the United States, whether Nancy Pelosi or whomever, those people have a plan to take down America and it outlines what we should do to stop that plan. And it covers everything we talk about in the economic war room. It really is. I'm proud of this book. I've written three. First was New York Times bestseller. Second was an Amazon bestseller. This one, I think, may be my best book. We're very excited about to get it out. And by the way, a hat tip, uh, Kevin, all the hard work you've done, Frank Gaffney, Kyle Bass, the Committee on the Present Danger, China. Uh, this is a huge win today for the American people. Are there going to be more? But these massive companies have delisted from the New York Stock Exchange. That means they do not have access to the American capital markets, and particularly pension funds. So fabulous job, Kevin Freeman. You're a warrior, and more importantly, you're a grinder. You just don't give up. So, Kevin, thank you very much for coming on here. Thanks, Steve. Kennedy, I got to tell you, I'm so proud of this because this is one of the objectives Roger Robinson's had for everybody working in the committee on present danger about you talk about uh, unrestricted warfare, you talk about hybrid warfare so that we don't slip into a kinetic war. One of the most important aspects of this is economic warfare. 
And part of that is cutting off the existential threat that is the Chinese Communist Party from our capital market. So, so Brian, I, I can't say enough about uh, the job you've done over there uh, at the Committee on the Present Danger China, Brian Kennedy. Well, thank you, Steve. Yeah, uh, between Kevin and Roger Robinson, they really have been beating this drum for many years, and they were doing it to defend the American people and their retirement funds. It was as simple as that. It operates at the level of common sense. When you invest in communist China, you're betting on its success. And today they want to destroy the United States. And with American dollars, the, the mere idea that you'd be investing in a Chinese corporation that may be building weapons of mass destruction against this country or involved in stealing our intellectual property, it just, it's nonsense. And so kudos to both Roger and to Kevin for all they've done and for Frank Gaffney and Kyle Bass who have really led this movement to make sure that Americans are not doing what, um, as I often say, is just a, a nonsensical thing, which is investing in communist China. Because all these, all these corporations let me br- have members of the Chinese Communist let me Party bring in as bro- part of them. Let me, bring in, let me bring in Brother Kirsch for a second. Uh, Brother Kirsch, uh, you know, uh, Kennedy and I would tell you the weapon of mass destruction that came out of China was out of the Wuhan lab, and we're going to get into all that. They got the, what, the Nepal uh, virus now. We've caught them working on a, a much more upgraded gain of function. But you were on, I think it was with Stuart Varney, I think it was either Fox Business, one of the channels, where you said, hey, the, really the weapon of mass destruction was the vaccine. And I can point to literally hundreds of thousands of people that died. Everybody vapor locked. <laughs> they, had a, they had a Kyra and that you were formerly a big Democratic Party donor. And I, I think it was Varney, completely vapor locked. So look, let's leave the Wuhan and the CCP virus off for another day. Talk to me and back it up where you said that, hey, hundreds of thousands of people have died from the vaccine. What do you mean, sir? Yeah, so the it's pretty clear from multiple different uh, data sources that hundreds of thousands of people have died. And depending on which data source you look at, maybe it's 125,000 and other sources, it's could be hundreds of thousands, 600,000 or more. So the most direct way to estimate the number of people who have died is to look at the VAERS uh, data. And the the VAERS is the Vaccine Adverse Event Reporting System. It's the official data used by the US government to monitor adverse events, including death. And there are close to 14,000 deaths in the US that have been reported into the VAERS system. And since the VAERS system is underreported by a factor of about 41, then you multiply 41 times the 14,000 and you get over 500,000 deaths. Now, that's just one way to do it. Now, a lot of people will say, well, you can't determine causality from VAERS and Well, hold, hold, so hold, 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 just real quick, just, just hold it, just the data point, even for that. How do you get to the 40, why well, it's underreported 41? Where, where is that? Where is that actually as a data point that that happens? Yeah, so the the 41 is derived from actual values observed in the field and published in the peer-reviewed medical journals. So in this case, it's a paper that was published in March of 2021 in JAMA, which is the premier medical journal. And it established a rate of anaphylaxis after vaccination. And it, the rate is something like uh, three events per, okay. per 10,000 doses. Okay. And, and so, so you apply hang, that so I got rate. To the four, hang on. I got, I, got, yeah. I got to the 41. Hang on. But, but VAERS was okay with Fauci and everybody until CCP COVID-19. Now they tell me, well, it's just an informal system. Things get logged in. It doesn't get checked. So what's your answer to that? Now, that, now they say VAERS. It's always been sacrosanct. Now it's, uh, it's nothing etc. How do you answer Fauci, FDA and CDC by saying, hey, no, this is legitimate and you've used this at every time up until now, sir? Oh, well, look, they they use it. No, they still use it now, Steve. (laughs) So the point is that when VAERS is convenient for them to use, they use it. So for myocarditis, which is then going to be underreported in VAERS by a factor of 100, they'll, they'll use the VAERS system and they say, look, the number of events in VAERS is really small, and that's because they're not having uh, 
they're not applying the 100 times under reporting factor for a less serious event. So they use it when it's convenient. And when it's inconvenient, then they say it's not reliable. So walk us through, um, you saying right now, using the VAERS methodology and, and really what the order of magnitude is, you would you would estimate, given VAERS' previous uh, construct, 500,000 deaths in the United States. It seems to me, what will be done about that? I mean, are you calling for a congressional investigation once the Republicans take power? I mean, you're a smart guy. You were actually a believer that had a journey that, of your awakening. But what actions, let's assume for purposes of this discussion, we only got a couple of minutes, that, that what you say is true and can be proven. What does Steve Kerr say? What's the next action step that needs to be taken? Oh, they, they need to stop the vaccines immediately. Nobody should be taking these vaccines. Not old people, not young people, not sick people, not sick old people. Nobody should be taking these vaccines. These vaccines are not safe for anyone. So that is the first action that they should take. And then after they do that, they should look for heads to roll because what has happened here is indefensible. You know, there, the, the CDC says that there are no deaths associated with the vaccines. But you see, all of the autopsy reports don't do the proper stains to determine whether they're, the person died from, COVID, from, from the COVID vaccine. So, of course, they're not finding any deaths because they're not looking for the deaths. None of the medical examiners in the entire country are interested in staining to find out if that death was caused by the vaccine. So the, the CDC can report, well, we don't have any evidence that the vaccine has any fingerprints on it because, the, you know, the, the pathologists uh, and the, you know, the forensic pathologists don't do any uh, staining to find out whether the vaccine was the cause of death. But, you know, you, um, I don't know if you know who Wayne Root is. He's a conservative uh, radio host. He had a wedding, 200 sure. people. Sure. He's a buddy, buddy of mine. Oh, yep. Awesome. He had a wedding, 200 no, people, half of, half of them vaccinated, half of them un, unvaccinated. Okay. The hundred unvaccinated, no deaths, and there were no injuries. The hundred vaccinated, 26 deaths, or sorry, um, 26 injuries, serious injuries, and eight deaths. So that's an 8% death rate, Steve. Apply wow. 8% wow. to 200 million plus people. That's a lot of deaths. So if you use the statistics from Wayne Root, which I think are very reliable, it's almost like a, it's a real world clinical trial where half the uh, half are unvaccinated and half are vaxxed. And there's an incredible difference. So you can see that in plain sight. And then we were able to yeah. replicate Wayne's uh, uh, numbers in, uh, in, uh, in Steve, service. We're going to get back to we We've got to get back to this next week and drill down on this because I think you're right. Vaccines got to stop now. How do people get to your Substack and how do they get to your social media? Because you're putting stuff up all day long about this. Yeah, so if they get to my Substack, then that leads to my social media. It's stevekirsch.substack.com, S-T-E-V-E-K-I-R-S-C-H.substack.com. I'm also on Getter and Gab and True Social at S-T-Kirsch, S as in Sam, T as in Tango, Kirsch, K-I-R-S-C-H. Uh, Steve, you're doing a real service to the country. Look forward to having you back on here next week. Shocking. He's saying stop all vaccines right now. The elderly, the super elderly, the infirmed, the children, uh, because he says he can work the math. And I will tell you this. I know some situations, particularly in the blood clot side, where the uh, uh, medical examiners have not wanted to report it, where the hospital is dead. So it's very, very uh, disturbing. Steve Kirsch, thank you. Tomorrow, we have actually have a special at 10 o'clock in the morning. It's going to be two hours. We're going to be with Alex Jones. We're going to go through his book, The Great Reset, in the War, War for the World. Also going to have the filmmaker Alex Moyer on, uh, Tony Lyons from Skyhorse, the great publishing company. We're going to talk about this book, the movie, all of it, and get to the bottom of what is The Great Reset. What do they talk about? Is this a wild Alex Jones conspiracy theory, or is this actually logical? I want to bring in Joe Allen. Joe, one of the things that underpins Alex's thinking of this is transhumanism. He's been at this a long time. We brought you in a couple of years ago as our editor. You've knocked the ball apart. You're working on a big special project for us now. One of the reasons you haven't been on the show as often. But I got to ask you, as a preamble to tomorrow's show, when I ask you, Alex Jones and what he's come up with and what he's found in transhumanism, is it conspiracy theory? Is his stuff is his stuff past the Joe Allen smell test? 
Well, Steve, I think uh, Steve, I think Alex Jones and I differ on a lot of things, but his central thesis that globalist government officials and corporations are predatory and that they're utilizing one of the most powerful tools at their disposal, which is, of course, advanced technology against the population. I think that thesis has definitely uh, survived under the, uh, the the scrutiny of most of us on the right. And, you know, in, in light of current events, I think that the very popular meme genre, you know, Alex Jones is right, or it, it's, it's really borne out. Alex Jones is an alarm bell and it's constant, his, his, his alarm is constantly ringing. But uh, I think that that has done a tremendous service in waking up millions of Americans to the fact that their elites do not care about them. They are not out for their well-being. They're out for their own. And in many cases, they're openly hostile and predatory. What we're seeing right now with the FBI, it really highlights the degree to which the powers that be will go to take out their enemies. And I think that just looking at the vaccine injuries that have been covered up, that have been denied and are still being pushed, the vaccines are still being pushed on people. It just goes to support his idea that the elites are not just uh, indifferent to our suffering. They are openly advocating and creating it. Joe, how do people get to you on War Room? How do they get to you, all your sub stacks and all the content you, you continue to put up on social media? Uh, at J-O-E-B-O-T-X-Y-Z at Getter and Twitter. I would also say that the, the film, Alex's War, is fantastic. I think everyone should see it, and I really look forward to his book. I'm sure it's going to be riveting. It is. And by the way, the film, we're going to have the filmmaker. We had her on this morning, Alex Morier, but I got to tell you, she's on tomorrow for a big segment. Uh, we're going to walk through everything, and I think you guys are going to really enjoy it. Uh, Joe Allen, thank you very much. Brian Kennedy, I want to thank you for being my co-host. Can you give us give us some closing thoughts on what you saw today as far as this attack upon America and attack upon President Trump? Well, I do think America's best days are ahead of us, Steve. Um, the American people realize that there is a crisis. They're going to be moved by it. I think they're moved by the war room and all of your great work. I meet more and more people who watch War Room, who find it the central source of their information because you're honest, straightforward, and point people in all the directions to find the truth. And to the extent that we Americans can find the truth, we can save our country. And that has to be done. And I couldn't be more proud to have joined you here today. Brian, real quickly, what's your social media so people can follow you? Uh, on Getter, it's Brian T. Kennedy. And uh, there's also presentdangerchina.org where people can learn about Go to where we're going. Big, big scalp. Brian Kennedy, proud to have you on here. You're one of the best guys in our movement and one of the smartest guys. Tomorrow morning at 10 o'clock, Alex Jones, Alex Moyer, Tony Lyons. We're going to take the whole two hours and go through the great reset in the war for the world. See you tomorrow morning at 10 o'clock.